we, we start off on a sad note. Of course, as we all know, we lost Road Warrior Animal this past week. Having met him, say that this one hit hard. Met him at an indie show in 2016. Um, he wanted people to actually wear the shoulder pads and it was something all right um yeah that one actually hit hard uh greatest tag team history of wrestling is now the greatest tag team in the afterlife rest in peace road warrior animal yeah i'm not gonna do my usual start yeah that that hit hard um, other news, of course, this week, uh, Tessa Blanchard taking a hiatus from professional wrestling. Um, good. <laughs> I mean, there really isn't much nice to say about Tessa Blanchard. So, perfectly fine with them, with, well, with her not being involved in anything. Uh, what else do we got in the news this week? Of course, we got, uh... Clash Champions this Sunday. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. We'll still go through the card, though. I didn't watch Raw this week. I didn't watch SmackDown this week. In fact, at like 7 o'clock on Friday, I realized, oh, SmackDown's on. So that's how little I really care about WWE right now. Probably won't have much WWE content on here for the next little while. Anyway, we're going to... week, we're going to cover Impact Wrestling. In both AEW shows. And we'll do some uh, predictions for the Clash. Try and keep her under an hour this week. I'm not going through discussing every match on Dark. Just because there's so many matches crammed into that hour and a half. But. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on in the news. Or the dumbass comments by Ryback. You know, I used to be a fan of Ryback, um, but he's been saying so much shit since he got released. It's like, I don't even want to see him anymore. But I mean, this is what, the second or third time now he's wished death upon Vince McMahon? Like, come on, man, you're not that good. You're a dollar store Ryback, or a dollar store Goldberg. You're just upset you that Feed Me More was more over than you were. Yeah. Anyway. Enough of this shit. Let's get started with uh, Impact Wrestling. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again this week. Impact is my favorite show of the week. I am never disappointed with Impact. Um, Even people I hate on the Impact roster still popped me this week. We'll get to that. Let's start off. One thing I love about Impact every week, they have a recap. I mean, sometimes I miss Impact just because I'm not home in time. Could record it on Saturdays on game, but I usually watch it on Twitch. Anyway, first matchup was a triple threat for a number one contendership for the X Division title. Chris Bay versus Trey Miguel. Versus the COVID-denying fucking moron. Sorry. <laughs> DJP. I mean, this was an X-Division match. 
X Division matches rarely, rarely disappoint. Uh, this was, I mean, it was a good match. Hey, Miguel won in seven minutes. I thought, given the three in there, I mean, Chris Bay just had the title. DJP is a fucking moron. I think this is the right decision to have Trey Miguel win. Uh, this was a very fast-paced match. It was an X-Division match. I think maybe they should have given them 10 minutes just to slow it down a little bit. But action-packed, great match, great start to the show. This is right out of the, the Eric Bischoff look of tricks. You know, when he would have the cruiserweights and the luchadors start. So after this match, we go right into the X Division title match. Rohit Raju versus Trey Miguel. I just want to say quickly, I love Rohit Raju as X Division champion. I'm a big fan of him and Gamma Singh Jr. I've seen a lot of Gamma Singh Jr. on the indies here in Calgary. And I was very, very happy to see him on, when he debuted on Impact. Um, you know, I, and this just makes me really want to see his cousin more again on WWE programming, but I mean, Hey, whatever he's injured again. And I know a lot of people don't like him. So anyway, uh, this was, this match started immediately while Trey was still recovering from the match. So it was a 10 second win for Wahit Raju. And uh, Rohit, of course, celebrated after. Excellent, excellent heel maneuver there. Loved it. You know, you got Eric Young backstage. Um, basically saying that everything he does going forward will be at the fault of Scott Demore and Rich Swan. I want to touch on the Rich Swan thing for a second. I mean, did anyone actually expect he was retiring? Um, I mean, I I don't like these, you know... Salmon jacket fucking thing. Retirements. Um, yeah. Was gone like, what, a month? If that. I didn't like that. But I do love this current Eric Young. This is what I thought Eric Young was going to be like in WWE with Sanity. So it's great seeing this. And to move on to another. What could have been in WWE? Neil Dashwood. Uh... Backstage in Virgia Miller knocks on Tennille's door and Caleb answers. Right, Caleb with a K answers. I I, lo I love this little pairing with Tennille and Caleb with a K. Um, he said Tennille's busy getting B-Venom therapy, which I believe there's a show on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but there's an episode on that. Um, Tennille ended up walking to the door giving an inspirational quote. I can't remember what it was, but that she would win. Um, one thing about this Tennille thing. Isn't this just Emelina? Like, she didn't want to do Emelina, but the way the vignettes were for Emelina and the way that Neil's been doing this current gimmick, um, this All About Me gimmick, really makes me think, like, isn't this... Or is this what she wanted Emelina to be and WWE wanted blonde bo bombshell fucking? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, second match up, Kimberly with Deanna Peruzzo versus Susie with Kylie Ray. Who doesn't love Susie? And, you know, congratulations to Kylie Ray on her engagement. But, I mean, 
something this match was just first off impact in my opinion has the best women's division maybe not in skill level but certainly booking when you look at the booking the skill level i think it's a perfect mesh of course i've thought impact has had the best women's division you know since gail kim fucking won the title in 2007 so yeah 13 years <laughs> This was excellent. This was a good match. Um, I'm not a fan of Kimberly personally. Uh, I think it's just... It's all about first impressions, right? And every time Kimberly comes out with that entrance where it's just so slowly paced, she's in like the Tinkerbell fucking outfit thing. And I don't know. I just... She seems so awkward on her entrance. It throws me off for her match. Is I can't be just be a fan of her. Yeah, this was a good match. Susie over in nine minutes, but it's after the match that we really that it really got good. Um, you know, of course there was a beat down during the match. Susie on Susie or after the match, I don't have it written down here. Anyway, but Susie. What we see after the match, we start seeing these mannerisms of Sue Young. So, um, makes me wonder if at Bound for Glory, we're going to get that switch again to Sue Young. Impact has always been good with these types of things. I mean, between Sue Young, you know, Susie and Sue Young, or Joseph Park, Abyss. Uh, I mean, Corporate Kane Kane was ripped off. Really, from the Kane ripoff, just hilarious to me. Um, yeah, it was a good match, but I what I really liked that was afterwards with the Susie doing the Sue Young mannerisms a little bit in the background behind Kylie Ray so she couldn't see it. Because of course, one of the things going on is does Kylie Ray know Susie is Sue Young? Right, two very different characters. Next up, we got my favorite segment of the fucking week. The Heath for Impact segment. We had Rhino involved in this. Um, kept having Heath's kids in this, which was pretty good. Uh, was it this one? Yes, it was this one. Uh, but really what we get are these involved in this are these cameo segments. Impact paid for these. I don't know if it was Impact or Heath that paid for these cameo segments. Whoever it does, thank you. This was excellent. Um, <laughs> so in this cameo segment for Heath for Impact, we had David Hasselhoff, fucking A, Flavor Flav, fucking A, Olympian Nancy Kerrigan. Not quite sure why they had that one. Maybe it was just an Impact's price range. <laughs> um, Chuck Norris, who's looking kind of rough. <laughs> That's right, we had Chuck Norris on Impact Wrestling in 2020. What the fuck is 2020? What's more in 2020 is we're going to have The Rock on Impact in a, in a similar segment, inducting Ken Shamrock into their Hall of Fame. After this, we had D'Lo Brown, who was listed as DeLorean Brown. Which, that wasn't too surprising, because he works as an agent for Impact. So, But all these urging Scott DeMore to hire Heath. Like, <laughs> oh. Uh, these Heath for Impact segments are great every week. 
early and at the start of this, I forgot to mention he had Heath redacted as his name. It was excellent. I loved it. Uh, let's see. According to the according to Pro Wrestling Torch, who wrote this quickly? Uh, did a report by Darren Lilly. According to the PW Torch contributor Darren Lilly, they found that this segment cost nine hundred dollars. Hasselhoff was three hundred dollars. Flava Flav two hundred fifty. Kerrigan fifty, and Chuck Norris three hundred. Wow. So nine hundred dollars. Okay. I just want. Now here's the thing. Um. I'm sure a lot. I don't know how much Americans know about Anthem Sports, but we are talking one of the most wealthiest families in Winnipeg here. So $900 is like us going to 7-Eleven for a small Slurpee. Okay. Um, still, though, that's $900 on Heath fucking Slater. I don't think WWE ever spent $900 on Heath fucking Slater. Okay. <laughs> that was great. Backstage, Motor City Machine Guns talking. In comes the Good Brothers and the Rascals. The Rascals want to earn respect from the Good Brothers and want a match. Good Brothers said they could have a match. Who doesn't love the Good Brothers? Um, top, you know, they announced Talking Shop of Mania on Jericho's podcast last week too. Looking forward to that. I'm gonna buy this one. I didn't buy the first one. I'm wanting to. I just haven't got around to it. Um, yeah, so that'll be good. Of course, we get a flashback moment: AJ Styles versus Bully Ray, Battle for Glory 2013. I kind of wish they'd give us some lead into this because sometimes it's super confusing, especially because they've done. Like, I know when the Motor City Machine Guns came back, they did, they showed, um, the ladder match against Generation Me, now Young Bucks. I actually have a picture from 2013, signed 8x10 of the Young Bucks that still says Generation Me on it. Oh, those guys are great to me in 2013. Hope they still are. I'd love to meet them again. Anyway, EC3 segments. Um, from what I understand, EC3 is actually not signed. I believe he worked the NWA tapings here recently, too. Or no, not NWA, our Ring of Honor. He worked the Ring of Honor taping. Um, yeah, but he, uh, gave Moose his cell phone number. <laughs> Which, since I was watching on Twitch, there was a chat. People were trying to call it and getting busy signals, so. Yeah, I wonder what that number redirected to. Tay and Rosemary backstage. Um, yeah, as we know, Rosemary is engaged to marry John E. Bravo. So this, this will be, this is going to be fun segments for the next little while. I think I wonder how this wedding will compare to the Laurel Van Ness wedding, which in my opinions, aside from Macho Man, we all know Macho Man and Liz is the best wedding segment of all time. So let's, so, but number two, I think was the Laurel Van Ness um brandon cutler and frank oh no fuck i can't the blade fuck it <laughs> the laurel van ness blade wedding was easily number two that was great especially when he he turned and he um went to ally uh i wonder if that's gonna or if Allie will be back with them soon aw because i know last week uh of course, Eddie Kingston told him told him to get his shit together. Anyway, I digress. As we know, sometimes I go off on these tangents. 
I'm not Eric Bischoff, 20-minute fucking tangents. Um, anyway, uh, okay, so, of course, last week, uh, Teas where Rosemary was last week, and she got attacked. Rosemary was unconscious after being beaten by Havoc. Um, he agreed to help Rosemary with her problem first. Then, um, she said that Johnny Bravo was becoming his own man. Uh, we get a more footage backstage with Bravo backstage with the Deaners, Alicia Edwards, Crazy Steve, Johnny Swinger, Fallabaugh, who is one of my favorite guys on the Impact roster. I love Fallabaugh. Um, this is going to be great. <laughs> Alicia called him a dick. Hater. That was fun. Deaners called for a bachelor party. I... I really hope they go through with that. I want to see a Diener bachelor party. I really want to see that. That's that just sounds like an excellent segment. Um, Bravo said the Deaners will be grateful to him. Uh, should be grateful to him for bringing WrestleHouse to make them re relevant. Which Tommy Dreamer pops out of the back and says match time. But Bravo cut him off. Told him to take it to the twenty three hundred arena. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, Tommy Dreamer's just been so entertaining these last couple months. And I loved WrestleHouse. I really loved WrestleHouse. I can say that. I love that they just did a YouTube show of that every week. Just give me a 15 to 20 minutes fucking you know, being the elite type. Hell, do a being the elite crossover. How great would that be? You know, Brian Myers backstage um, talking about his loss to Willie Mack last week. He uh, freaked out and turned over a table. Said that he had cheated. Whatever. Dreamer went up to him, told him to clean up the mess he made, and then Myers, of course, refuses. And um Dreamer saw him again, he better walk the other way. I don't know. I'm not crazy about this Brian Myers. I've said it about um Matt Cardona on AW shows. You know, this is a guy who was a jobber, really in both his times in WWE, and all of a sudden he's being Booked as a badass. Um, at least he's being booked for some losses, but I don't know. I wish there'd be some repair work done first. Yeah, uh, Eric Young attacked Cody and cousin or Cody Deaner and cousin Jake from backstage. I uh, beat up Cody at ringside, threw Cody in the ring. You know, this has been a uh, basically fucking Eric Young dominated him. Yeah. All this, it's on Scott Demore. Been a big thing. But uh, yeah, during this segment, Eddie Edwards returns and attacks Eric. Awesome. So now you got these two characters that are both crazy. Right? Uh, and how great does Eddie Edwards look with his current look? I'm looking forward to this. Eddie Edwards backstage. Um, He wants a rematch with Eric Young. Scott Demore says it'll happen at Victory Road. Awesome. Uh, Victory Road, Impact Plus, October 3rd. Um, probably won't be buying it. <laughs> it depends. If it's like 15 bucks, I guess it's... Which is Impact Plus, 10 bucks? Yeah, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see come October 3rd. They still don't have all the impacts I want on there. I want the Spike Era impacts on there. The Hogan Bischoff stuff. Wow. I just heard people turn this off. Giving my support for the Hogan Bischoff era. Um, look, Bish Hogan brought eyes to the product. Okay. Um. Anyway, next up, Rob Van Dam versus Sammy Callahan. Of course, Katie Forbes is there. I hate 
hate, hate Katie Forbes. Um, she adds nothing in my opinion other than just make me want to turn it off. But I think, okay, the match was a match. Rob Van Dam slowed down, but he's still Rob Van Dam. It was a six-minute match. Rob Van Dam goes over, which means Katie gets a few minutes with Sammy Callahan. Um, you know, if you don't watch Impact, Sammy Callahan is basically rehashing Solomon Crow, but better, I guess. I don't know if it's better, but it's not WWE-ified. Um... I mean, he kind of had this. He started the split. You know, OBE, OBE was long over by the time Buckhead was basically revealed to be an evil piece of shit. I'm going to say his name. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't know. The, the hacker gimmick's kind of there. Maybe WWE made it to Watchdogs, I guess be a thing anyway it's six minute match it was a rob van dam match good match after the match though katie attacks sammy callahan stops him in the corner kind of turns around goals but we see sammy stand up take a few um few steps uh sets her up for the pile driver rvd runs in and attacks him katie continues with the stomps rvd comes up with a chair rvd and katie kiss of course um like, this is basically like a fucking Pornhub gimmick between them. If you haven't been watching, it's... Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. But I think it's just because I'm not crazy about Katie. RVD climbs to the top rope. Sammy throws the chair at RVG, knocks him off. And this was just... Sometimes I forget Katie Forbes is a trained wrestler. Um, I mean, she used to be part of the Knockouts division. But Sammy pile drives her. Uh, of course, Sammy's, you know, here. Katie's here. We all know he's a... Cornette calls him a fucking short troll or whatever. Um, But, man, the sell from Katie Forbes on this pile driver. She sold it like he fucking killed her. Just excellent, excellent sell. I don't mind intergender stuff either, so if it's believable. Quite frankly, Katie Forbes... With her body type and Sammy Callahan with his stature, I think it's believable between them two, so I don't mind it. But, man, that fucking sell of the If you haven't seen this, just, I'm sure Impact has it on their YouTube channel. I know I saw it on Twitter. Look up this Sammy Callahan pile driver to Katie Forbes and look how she sells it. I mean... Fucking Austin didn't sell Owen's pile driver that well, okay? <laughs> like, wow. It was great. We got another interview backstage with uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Fulton is so much better in Impact than he was in uh, Sanity. Kind of funny you got two guys from Sanity now in fucking Impact. I just realized that. I hope they don't put them back together. You know, uh, basically, Ace and Fulton want their title shot. North said they won't deserve a shot. Instead, they go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. North said um, they should have Max next week. So it'll be on this coming impact. The North, who are excellent. Okay, I'm Canadian. I might be a little biased. But we have the North versus Ace and Fulton. Um, we haven't seen Ace Dawson. He's quite good. It's... I mean, his entrance is very gambit. 
Marvel, but for a while he was like a MILF hunter where he was going after fucking Yeah, it's I don't know. He's a dirtbag character, basically. Um I think he does it quite well because he has that fucking slimy look to him. Um Yeah, so that's gonna be an excellent match next week. I think Ace and Fulton are going to win that next week because Fulton's fucking huge. But, yeah. Okay, we got, uh... Let's see. Preview of this coming week's show, which is Johnny Swinger versus Fall of Ball. Winner gets to be Johnny Bravo's best man. Doesn't matter. None of them are the best man. But we'll talk about that later and how disappointing that match was. So Swinger, Fall of Ball, that's going to be good. If you haven't seen Johnny Swinger... Um, it's a very it's a retro gimmick, I guess you could say. Basically, it's oh my god, how do I explain the Johnny Swinger gimmick? Like he speaks in Carney. He's got the fucking eighties look. He's jacked, you know. It's an excellent gimmick that's over the top. Like he's it's a complete misogynist, sexist gimmick too. Like he, but the way he does it, you know, it's a gimmick. I think it's very well done. I think that's going to be a great match. If you haven't seen Fall of Ball, do yourself a favor and watch Fall of Ball's matches. <laughs> Especially with his earlier stuff in Impact with KM. Um, that whole feud leading to their, them becoming a tag team was excellent. Rosemary Taya versus Havoc and Nivea. That's going to be pretty good, I think. Um, of course, this is Jessica Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. This is that'll be pretty good. Rascals versus Good Brothers, that'll be excellent. I read earlier the Good Brothers have said that they want to end their careers in Impact. I think that is excellent to hear. Someone who believes in the product, especially someone with the name value of the Big LG and um, Machine Gun Carl Anderson. North versus Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, that'll be excellent. We get back in ring for the main event of the evening. Tennille Dashwood with Caleb, with a K, versus Jordan Grace. This is pretty... This happens quite often with Impact, where the women main event. We get Caleb with a K, walking down the ramp, takes the mic from David Penzer. And how great is it to have David Penzer involved with all this? Um, he was bringing in sweet, sweet premium content. And introduced Tennille. This is a quick match, nine-minute match. Um... I mean, I think Tennille's still, uh, she's competent, I guess would be, I mean, she's a storm, she's storm trained, so she, she can wrestle, but she's a lot like, I guess you could compare it to Natty, where the in-ring is there, the talking is not, uh, the in-ring's there, the out-ring isn't, basically. This was a pretty good match, I mean, I'm a big fan of Jordan Grace. She's really fucking good. Like, um, yeah, great match. Nine minutes afterwards, Caleb takes some pictures. Tenille, sorry, Tennille over in nine. Um, it was a distraction finish, though. I really hate distraction finishes, and I really, really hate them in main events. But, yeah. Anyway, um, after the sign off, though. You know, typical thing, going to get you watching right to the end. Eddie Edwards is leaving the building, and he gets beaten up by an unknown assailant. I've done this a couple times where they've had someone unknown 
I don't think it's Eric Young, but I think it will be someone associated with Eric Young. Who um, hasn't signed anywhere yet from that massive releases? But I mean, impact is never disappointing. It's typically not something to write home about, but this was a good show. I think, you know, if you got two hours on a Tuesday, well, I mean, it is the first half hour. There is an overlap with dark, but and that's on YouTube. Highly, highly, highly recommend watching impact 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch access TV. It's easy to find. Don't give me that shit. You don't know where to fucking watch it. On Twitch. It's free. So. Anyway. Move on. We are moving on to. AW Dark. Which I just watched. Fucking hour and a half ago. I don't. Now I'm not going to go through every single match. We're already sitting at half an hour here. So. I think we're going to go over my time. I wanted to be. Currently 1 a.m. on Sunday here. I'm recording late this week. Um, anyway. So some of the matches we got here. Fuego del Sol and... Wow, I, I definitely spelled his name wrong. Is it supposed to be Rembrandt Lewis? Anyway. Fuego del Sol, Rembrandt Lewis for Dark Orders. Grace, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Evil Uno was, recent, was on uh, David Penzer's podcast not pretty fairly recently. I'd give that a great listen. It's excellent. Had no idea he worked for Immigration Canada, and that's why um, we had the visa issues. They stopped wrestling in the United States. Anyway, this was uh, Rembrandt Lewis's All Elite Wrestling debut. As of course was bitching about someone wearing orange. That was Fuego del Sol. Um. Anyway, right off the bat, we get some lucha stuff. Big ass fucking need of Fuego del Sol. From I think it was from Grayson. Um, which as Veda called it, a tornado of orange for the cell. Uh, Dark Order, of course, we're using dual finishers, which looked great. I love this pairing of Dark Order, um, Grayson and Nuno. Of course, they've been doing it a long time, uh, especially on the Quebec's indie scene. And of course, uh, Chapara, PWG, Ring of Honor, up until the visa issues. Anyway, this is a good match. One thing I, I really love and hate about Dark is the casual commentary. Sometimes I wish they'd just call a fucking match. Commentary, of course, Veda Scott, Excalibur, and uh, for the first two matches, and Taz. Then after the second match, after this next match, Ricky Starks joined, which I don't think he really added anything. Anyway, next up, Christopher Daniels versus Starks. Christopher Daniels, I believe he's still 49. Hard to believe Christopher Daniels and Chris Jericho are the same age when you see their bodies. <laughs> anyway, Daniels. Um, I meet Daniels. 2014, I met Christopher Daniels. You know, he, when you meet him, it's almost like... like he, this is at a wrestling event, and I didn't realize it was him at first. A lot smaller than I expected, but nice guy. Oddly enough, Curryman was also on that show. Not in the same match, though. Interesting. Um. Anyway, uh, this match started off with some call with a collar and elbow back in Chris into Christopher Daniels' uh, corner, which was excellent. I love it when they start off with a collar and elbow or a test of strength. 
lot of mocking between the two and taunting during rest holds. There's a lot of rest holds, but Christopher Daniels is almost 50s. Um, yeah, lot this match was chain wrestling and technical wrestling. I loved this match. This is my favorite match on the dark card this past week. Yeah, completely different from the previous match. But uh, they, of course, had the rolling pins back to back to back. Then they did a double clothesline to, I think it was like an eight or a nine count. Eventually, Starks, of course, wins via the Rochambeau. Excellent, excellent. And Ricky Starks uh, joins commentary. Up next, we had uh, Puff and Calvin Stewart versus The Butcher and the Blade with Eddie Kingston. I want to say this. I think Puff has a great career ahead of him as a comedy guy on Dark. They sign him. There's just something about him. I want to see more of Puff. Something about him. If he does a, that he can just do. It seems to me he can do natural comedy. Um, fucking butcher chopped. I think it was uh, Calvin Stewart. I felt it. I'm in Calgary. You know, they're in Florida. I felt that chop. <laughs> Man, saw cheap stuff. Uh, of course, Kings and Holt held Calvin Stewart at one point for some uh, cheap shots from the butcher. But uh, when Puff get in, he actually took down the blade for a bit. Chaz commented, if you ask Puff to haul ass, you're taking two trips. That popped me. Ultimately, the butcher over Calvin Stewart. Good good match. I want to see more of Puff. Um, butcher and Blade were recently on the AEW Unrestricted podcast. Give that a listen. It was a good interview. Except for the fact that when um, Andy Williams talks, it's like, okay, the look and the voice do not match. Like it's like low key, you know. Low key, the size and the voice don't match. <laughs> but it's like opposite. Kind of like they almost swapped voices, almost. <laughs> well, Hobbs and Serpentico. Serpentico, of course, there is with Jericho's buddy, because that's why he has a job. So that's what we might as well refer to him as. Fucking Luther. Um, Will Hobbs won. There's a hell of a spine buster for the finish of this match. I don't know if Serpentico pissed off Hobbs or what, but holy hell did he fucking slam him into that mat. Matt. Lucha Brothers versus Dante Sp Smiley and Max Stardom. Um, man. I don't know. I wasn't crazy about this one. Uh, Eddie, had, Eddie reacted to the pyro. That was pretty good. Anyway, at the end of the day, Penta over Stardom. Ryzen and Xander, Gold versus Dark Orders 5 and 10. I want to comment on Ryzen for a second here. Every indie in the world has this character here in Calgary. That would be Asriel. Um, it's just... Why does everyone have to have this fucking... You know, Ministry of Darkness, Undertaker-type dark character? Every single one. Anyway, um... A lot of good agility from Gold. He jumped up to the top turnbuckle and did a flip over five at one point. Um, kind of took me away, though. The finish was very slow. A lot of just holding. But it was an okay match. Up next, Janelle and Kiss versus Kevin Blackwood and Daniel Garcia. This Okay, AW has a very formulaic way to its booking. These are quick 10-minute matches. Um, and they're... Typically like a 70-30 for the AEW fine talent. What it is. This match though. Like I'm high on Sunny Kiss. This match I think the wrong team won. Um, 
I was pretty impressed with Kevin Blackwood and Daniel Garcia. I want to see more of them. I want to see them on the main Dynamite card. I wasn't crazy about this match, though. I don't know. Could be just the ambiance, because there's no crowd for the Stark, so... Silence. But, yeah, this one I just wasn't crazy about. Gun Club versus Mbatu and Cruz. The best part was when Mbatu and Cruz come out, Taz just goes, all right. <laughs> like, basically, same thing, same thing we're all thinking. Mbatu has impressed me in the past. I hope full on signs. Cruz, on the other hand, I'd rather not see him again. This was a fat, balding Casanova gimmick. Um, Yeah. Okay, my cat just came and punched me <laughs> and then ran away. <laughs> I don't know either. Anyway. Um Kaylin King versus Serena Deeb. I enjoyed this one. Really enjoyed this one. It's probably my second favorite on the card. For Serena, I don't think I'll ever get used to seeing her with hair. Kaylin King really has some size to her. Like, this is just a big woman. Like, not in a bad way, and I'm not saying she's fat, but this is just an Amazonian compared to Serena. Huge size difference, but this match was a another technical match. Hey, we're seeing something common tonight about the types of matches I like. Um, This was enjoyable. I really liked it. Of course, Serena eventually wins. Uh, she smashes King's knee into the mat and locks in the Serenity Lock, which is a knee bar. Very good match. Ton of uh, technical spots. Loved it, loved it, loved it. The next match I skipped because, quite frankly, it was too goddamn fast. Get your shit in. Kingston and Pillman in the main event. This was a Kingston match, not a clean match. Of course, you go into this, you know Pillman's not winning. He's still signed with MLW. I really wish they just fucking buy out his contract or something. And Harry's too. I'd love to see Pillman and Harry. But uh, that's Davy Boy Smith Jr. Sorry. <laughs> Interacting with him on the indie scene a couple times is just natural. Um, it's kind of natural for any Calgarian fan to call him Harry at this point. You see it a lot around here. Um, yeah, this is Kingston match. Overall, dark to me. I just watch it to watch. Just extra. I watched it because I didn't watch fucking Raw or SmackDown this week, honestly. I get a little more content on here. I typically don't watch Dark just because, like I said, it's formulaic. 70-30 AEW talent goes over. On to Dynamite. Okay. They start off with, of course, the rest in peace animal uh, black screen, which was nice. I don't I assume Raw did too. Uh, yeah. We went over what my meeting with Animal 2016 at the start of the show. Anyway. We get Miro's AEW debut. What can be said about Miro's AEW debut other than disappointing? Um, talk about ring rust on this. Like, just... Ugh. I don't even really want to go through the match. At one point, you could tell he tweaked his ankle, but he still wanted to do the spot. Shouldn't have done the fucking spot, because he um, just fucking... Dumped Chris uh, Chris Kip Sabian onto his fucking head on the concrete. This wasn't a um another thing is 
there's been no change with Miro. Like, none at all other than names of moves and his name. The entrance was Rusev. All the taunts were Rusev. Fucking finish was Rusev. Yeah. I mean, there's no coat of pa new coat of paint. Okay. On this, maybe a new coat of clear. That's it. I can't even say there was polish on this because, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think I'm hoping they put him on dark or at least give him some fucking warm ups before the show going forward. Cause yeah, I wasn't crazy about this at all. Maybe you should just stuck Twitch where you can see me at freak showing. That's freak with two E's show. I N C. Anyway. Okay. Eddie out for a promo. Another 30 second promo from Eddie Kingston. That was fucking amazing. One great line was John sold out and went to the land of sports entertainers. I love that line. Of course, a lot of people, oh, he's taking shots. Fuck off. Um, God, Kingston has to be one of the best promos in the business. Like, just excellent, excellent, excellent. Of course, Mox comes out and officials break it up. We are getting a title match later in the show between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Of course, it was a six-man tag originally. But Lance Archer tested positive at home for COVID. Get well soon, Lance. Yeah. Anyway. And what's more is they actually mentioned that he uh, got tested for COVID and was staying home. And a lot of people don't like that. They want wrestling as an escape. But after months and months and months of, a, of WWE pretending COVID doesn't exist... It was nice. It's always nice to hear someone at least saying the truth. Next up, Kenny Omega comes out for commentary for Hangman Page versus Evil Uno. I enjoyed this match. Kind of tired of this. Just fucking split them already. You know, I mean, they did like almost a soft split. You're going to split them, fucking split them. Obviously, Hangman is working heel now, which I love. Anyway, um... During, of course, Dark Order's entrance, Colt was with them, which was great. Hangman is apparently sticking with long pants, according to the lower third. Those are always great for Hangman, the lower thirds. Fucking Uno had a hell of a chop on him during this. Uh, of course, eventually, Hangman ends up outside the ring. The Dark Order surrounds him, which Uno just kicks him out, tells him to leave. I don't know if they're doing a slow burn with Uno here. One second, I need a drink. Anyway, I don't know if they're slowly burning Uno, splitting from uh, Dark Order. I hope not. But, yeah, Uno had this massive fucking senton from the top rope. That was excellent. Um, but for whatever reason, Kenny was uh, very excited during this match. At the prospect of Uno hitting Hangman Page. I mean, I, I found that pretty curious. Um, very curious. But anyway, Page, of course, wins via Buckshot. Good match. Good match. We had uh, Shivani backstage earlier in the day to interview the Bucks. Matt Jackson has that sh fucking beard again. I really shouldn't say much about shitty beards. Um, Matt grabs his phone, smashes it. Fucking throws money at him. Closes the door. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what they're doing with the Young Bucks right now, but hey. 
Whatever. At least they're heels. Uh, anyway. Orange Cassidy versus Mr. Brody Lee for the TNT title. I think we all expected the same thing from this match. Be almost like a Cody squash. You know? Well, this fucking wasn't that. Uno did come out. Of course, selling the match, thankfully. Um, let's see. We had John Silver fighting OC's jacket. And OC dropped his shirt on him. That was fucking... That popped me. And, of course, the most gifable moment of the show. And Dre is up on the apron there. Try, you know, giving him shit. And OC puts his glasses on her. And she says, are you kidding me? No, they look better on her anyway. <laughs> anyway. So... Match starts off with those fucking brutal kicks from Orange Cassidy. Which he just fucking ate Brody Lee's fist for. Um, Yeah, this was a pretty good match though overall. I mean, there was a lot of stuff like uh, Dark Order catching fucking Orange Cassidy. Only for Brody Lee to do a suicide dive and take everyone out. They are, of course, comparing Brody Lee to, well, fucking Bruiser Brody. And... I guess that's pretty apt. Uh, there will still only ever be one Bruiser Brody, in my opinion, but... Of course, Dark Order is attacking Orange Cassidy while Brody Lee's intimidating the ref. A couple more Dark Order um, assaults. Brody orders notices John Silver's not holding his fucking belt, so he orders him to go get the belt and hold it. Uh, Orange Cassidy countered a couple of those lariats just by sitting down. Which is typical Orange Cassidy. He did it twice. It was excellent. Um, let's see. I thought this match really made Orange Cassidy look good. Um, there was a lot less Orange Cassidy mannerisms in this match, which was nice. I think it would have hurt Brody Lee if Orange Cassidy went full Orange Cassidy. Anyway, this, yeah, this is a great, great match. Um, of course, Silver, John Silver tries to get up on the fucking apron. Eats that orange punch, which I'll say it again. I'll say it every time. Orange Cassidy's Superman punch is better than Roman's Superman punch. Um, Brody wins with a lariat, naturally. Um, after reversing a uh, orange punch into a powerbomb. That was great. Fucking lights go out. Now, if we if I would have been paying attention, I wouldn't notice that the stage was set up differently this week. Should have known this was gonna happen. Of course, lights come out. Oh, Cody's back. And yep, Cody's back. Um with black hair. So not quite sure his suit was all black too, so not quite sure what they're about to do with Cody. Freaked. Do what they do though. Brody Lee's backstage cuts up fucking awesome promo on Cody and holds up the dog collars. We are getting a dog collar match. We're going fucking NWA here. Awesome. Oh, that makes me excited. Looking forward to that. Matt Hardy with Private Party. This fucking sucked. That's all I'm going to say about it, really. Um, FTR and Tully in the ring with Tony. You know, it's kind of there's no mention of Animal during this. Like, I really thought there would be. You know? Like, Tully has that history. That was disappointing. Um, I wasn't too crazy about this. Maybe it was a little too old school. You know, they're uh, 
basically saying they're going to do a 20-minute brush with greatness going forward. Next week will be SCU. Guessing it'll be Kazarian and uh, Scorpio. Best friends interrupt. Said they have their little red panties on. Okay. Pretty typical of best friends. Uh, they want the 20-minute brush with greatness. Now the ref comes about FTR back away and say no. I wasn't crazy about this. I mean, there was really nothing wrong about it. It was just a little bit too old school for me on FTR's part and a little too juvenile on um, best friend's part. But anyway, Ivelisse and Diamante versus Thunder Rosa and Sheeta. One thing that really surprised me about this match was how well Sheeta and Thunder Rosa worked together as a tag team. That was pretty shocking, actually. Um, yeah, it was a good match. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the match. Thunder Rosa's wore animal inspired face paint, which was nice to see. Yeah. Anyway, Sheeta Thunder, of course, Sheeta goes over. Um, yeah, I hope we see a lot more Thunder Rosa. I really want to see more NWA talent too involved. I'd love to see a champions versus champions with uh, the NWA title against the AW title. Okay, we get uh, Jericho backstage. Uh, MJF walked in. We got another one of these Jericho. They both know they said loser last week. Um, MJF is calling the limo driver a loser. Jericho's calling Shivani a loser. I mean, it was good for what it was. These are usually good segments between MJF and Jericho. So, I mean, I don't really have much to complain about. And on to the main event of the evening. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. This match was exactly what everyone expected it to be, I believe. It certainly was what I expected it to believe. This was a street fight, you know, with rules, basically. I guess you could say this was not a clean match. This was not a pretty match. This was good. I mean, right off the bat, fucking Kingston flipped over the timekeeper's table, which had the belt and bell on it, and... Uh, a lot, lot of chops to Mox. Like Moxley's chest was not looking good. <laughs> oh, by the end of this match, this was great. The Lucha Bros, of course, came out and attacked Mox post match. Hobbs came in, save. They get beat down. Darby's back for the save. They right and Ricky Starks comes down, attacks Darby. Out comes Taz. I did not like this post match. Match was good. There really wasn't an excellent match on this show, I don't think. I'm no. The best match was probably Ivelisse and Diamante versus Rosa and Sheeta. But yeah, this this post match was overbooked WWE esque. Um Yeah, that's really all I can say about Dynamite this week. Quick one on Dynamite because it was there. I mean, like I said, my favorite again, my favorite show this week was Impact. Now, even though I won't be watching it, I'd be remiss as a wrestling podcast. We should talk about a wrestling pay-per-view. So let's talk about a little prediction for Night of Champions 2020, which takes place as this releases tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, pre-show at 6 p.m. Eastern from the Thunderdome in the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. I guess I might have this on for background noise. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it on next week's episode. Maybe we won't. 
we'll at least talk about the results. Anyway, let's start at the bottom. The WWE Women's Championship match. <laughs> That's a lot, doesn't it? On the kickoff show. Oscar versus Zelina Vega. Okay. Um, I do we really need to discuss who's gonna win? It's gonna be fucking Oscar. I don't think this is gonna be a long match. I'm, you know, I'm quite happy that Zelina Vega is in ring now. Um, but to get a title shot this quick just because she said she wants it is so WWE. Um, yeah, it's like they just wanted a kickoff match. I mean, I'm hoping we see Bianca built up to face Asuka eventually, but what's the next? Next, let's see. October's the next pay-per-view, right? Yeah. November Survivor Series. So that, maybe Survivor Series will see Bianca and Asuka. That'd be nice. But yeah, Asuka's winning this, obviously. I think it's going to be quick, maybe five minutes. This should not be a pre-show match. Pre-show typically, as we know, is supposed to sell the pay-per-view. Sell the pay-per-view. This next match, again, the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship, the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel. Again, apparently Andrade and Angel are fine now that Zelina's not with them. Fucking whatever. This is why I don't watch Raw anymore. At least the last three weeks I made it an hour. Yeah. Fucking Angel Garza and fucking Andrade. Fuck it. WWE SmackDown tape team match. Cesaro. Really? Okay. Um, Cesaro and Shin versus Lucha House Party? Okay, I'm lost. Cesaro and Shin. Right. WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Liv and Ruby. I hate that they went back to fucking Riot Squad or Live to Riot or whatever the fuck they're called. I hate the pairing of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I hate Nia Jax. But... It hurts Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler if Liv Morgan and Ruby Wyatt win. I don't know what the fuck happened to the R there. Do it every time I say Ruby Wyatt. See, I did a little bit there. For whatever reason, I can't say her fucking name right. Anyway, like I said, Nia Jax Shane would be hurt with a loss. So Liv Morgan and Ruby Wyatt are probably winning. This is WWE. U.S. Championship match. Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. Um, I think ultimately it's going to be Lashley via disqualification. Of course, uh, I'm tired of this too. Has there been any changes really? WWE booking the last fucking month, like, at least on the mid-card stuff. I mean, you got Roman heel, you got Zelina wrestling, you got whatever the fuck's going on with Alexa. That's intriguing, but it's not enough to make me watch. Anyway. WWE Undisputed Intercontinental Championship Ladder Match. I love that they're doing this. This is classic. Yeah, two title holders. Let's have a ladder match. And what the fuck? Might as well throw in AJ. 
Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. You know, I might have this on as background noise because I actually do kind of want to see this match. Cannot be a bad match. Jeff Hardy's going to do something fucking stupid. AJ Styles is going to do something fucking stupid. Sami Zayn's going to do something fucking stupid. I mean, this is going to be the best match on the... You know what? No, it won't be. Looking at the card. It's probably the second best match on the card. Um, I am saying Jeff Hardy. Nope. He had to do that fucking thing with Sheamus that I hated. Um, but yeah, I'm saying Jeff Hardy. Or possibly even. Okay, they won't do it, but it'd be intriguing if like AJ grabbed the other title. They both fucking fall down or whatever. That'd be interesting. They won't fucking do that. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Bayley versus Nikki Cross. I think it's time. And I know I'm not speaking alone when I say I'm sick and tired of Bayley. I'm not a fan of her promos. I'm not a fan of the humor she puts in her promos. It's all very juvenile. And the only juvenile act I've ever liked is DX. So. Yeah, she's the fucking junior high school mean girl. That's what Bailey's gimmick is. I hate it. Um, I think it's time. Give it to Nikki Cross. Have her feud with Alexa. I think it's time. I think that'll be excellent. You know what? That, combined with the Roman Reigns heel turn, might be enough for me to watch SmackDown again. Speaking of Roman Reigns heel turn and SmackDown, the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Jey Uso. Another match I might watch. Um, it's intriguing. I understand Jey cut a hell of a promo on SmackDown. I have not seen it. Like I said, I fucking didn't even realize it was SmackDown until like 7 o'clock on Friday. So, um, yeah, I think this will be the best match on the card. These are cousins. They're Anawais. Be excellent, I think. Next match, probably one of the worst matches on the card. The WWE Championship Ambulance Match. Fuck me. <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Fucking... I don't even know who's going to win this. I think it's going to be Randy. Um, in a reported WWE is planning the tour again soon. And as we all know, the Florida governor is a fucking moron. And Florida is open. No restrictions. So, WWE, being WWE, is going to want a full crowd soon. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they fucking take the screens out of the Thunderdome and use seats for a couple of shows. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. If WWE has a crowd, I'm definitely not fucking watching. I know, AW has a crowd. AW is doing it safe. Being sold in pods, socially distanced, it's what, 15% capacity in an outdoor venue. Masks are mandatory. WWE is not going to fucking do that. They're going to pack it to the fucking rafters and not give two flying fucks about masks. I mean... Uh, never mind, I'm not even going to say it. I was about to get political. Let's not get political. This is a wrestling podcast. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to say Randy's going to win this, though, ultimately. I think they want that pop from Drew winning it back. Anyway, this has been Turnbuckle Commentary. Uh, we'll probably continue with this format a little bit with no WWE product. Because I, I can't fucking watch it. I get so bored. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I apologize if uh, about the hastily editing. I recorded this a day late because, quite frankly, Sunday I was falling asleep by 11 o'clock. Um, yeah. The new time for these, I think, going forward will be Sunday at noon mountain, 2 o'clock Eastern. Excuse me. We're going to cover Impact, Dark, Dynamite every week for sure. And uh, maybe venture into some Ring of Honor and MLW here soon. Nothing on Thursdays. I might watch those on Thursdays on Fight.TV. Um, yeah. If I have to recommend any show this week, it'd be Impact. It'd be free, I believe, on Impact Plus. I think they go up on Saturday. Uh, excellent all-around show. Anything else? And I guess not. We'll go into my social medias. Find the show at facebook.com slash turnbuckle commentary. You can find me at facebook.com slash freak show inc. And twitter.com slash freak show inc. That's freak with two e's. Show inc. You can watch freak show live on twitter at, of course, freak show inc. I try and broadcast Tuesday through Friday, 8 p.m. Mountain, 10 p.m. Eastern. This week, coming this week, I believe we will be featuring uh, probably some Rimworld, Fall Guys, and the main feature this week will be 2015's Mad Max. I love that game. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of people. It's it is repetitive, but it's an excellent, excellent world design. Combat. I'll be playing that a lot this week with yeah some RimWorld and Fall Guys in there. Maybe an Among Us stream or two. But this week on Freak Show Live. Thank you for watching. For listening. I hope my new audio editing method is working. As I only recorded this on OBS this week and not on Audacity as well. Thanks for watching. Turnbuckle Commentary every Sunday at 2 Eastern.